Hello and welcome to the 551 Podcast. My name is Wes Berdine, joined by my friends, my comrades, Rodrigo Sanchez Javaria and Mark Fangmeyer. We uh, we are not joined this week by Corey Shreppel. He got it's an international break, so he got the um, big national team call up to the daily, and uh, he's he's doing a, a bang up job. He um, you know waking up at two in the morning and and uh, getting those hmms out there. Uh, we are going to talk about we'll do some Minnesota United recap stuff. Uh, this you know try to dig through the malaise. And uh, we've got some international talk. We've got a crap load of questions, um, and we'll talk about some Aurora stuff here. So let's let's start first with uh, with some international break highlights just coming up. Just so we know, Wednesday, one forty five p.m. Scotland versus Ukraine, the first leg. Second leg is on Sunday at eleven a.m. Uh, Wednesday also USA versus Morocco, and then Sunday we play someone else. I'm totally blanking on, but. Um, Anyway, Blackheart of St. Paul, we will see you there. And um, let's see, the good. I wanted to just recap the European champions. We had Real Real Madrid as uh, Champions League winners, Europa League winners, Eintracht Frankfurt. Bundesliga was Bayern. Serie A was AC Milan. France, PSG. England, Man City. Spain was Real Madrid. Um, then others were Nottingham Forest, the Tricky Trees, go to the EPL, win the championship uh, playoff against Huddersfield, so up in the EPL for the first time in 23 years. And, uh, yeah, were any of these surprises or, or interesting? I'm just I mean, excited to to cheer for the Tricky Trees next season, just for chaos purpose. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the only thing that's slightly interesting is that it wasn't Juventus that won Serie A, and that's about it as far as these results go. Zlatan, man, he makes it happen. Um, I got real joy out of, uh, you know, oh, we also had Roma winning the um, Europa, Europe Conference League. Um, what is that? It's the, it's like it's, Division Three. It's the, oh. the third one. Yeah, it's like, yeah. the, it's like, it's like the, the, like the equivalent of like NIT yeah. uh, for men's basketball. <laughs> yeah. I think this the, the the tier low be below NIT is what that <laughs> it's, is. It's not even NIT. It's like whatever, like that, like first division basketball, but it's just small schools like it's, North it's, Dakota it's that, that win the championship. That, yeah, that yeah, it's that league that's sponsored by Charmin. <laughs> it's right? the um, nobody it's, wants to. It's the Doritos Cup of uh, of <laughs> Europe. So uh, anyway, I, I do I do think AC Milan winning is a big deal. Eintracht Frankfurt getting the Europa League is also pretty cool. Everything else is pretty much boring. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Not much to say there. Um, the bad, let's start with this one. This one sucks. Uh, Hungary and England, uh, who are playing this week, that was supposed to be played behind closed doors because of racist Hungarian fans, but they discovered a loophole in UEFA rules, which says that um, they can have children attend, and the children then can be accompanied by one adult. So there's about 30,000 kids registered to come to the game. Just an absolute joke. Just to, like everything about like, UEFA and the the European Union not doing anything about uh, Hungarian fascism it just sucks. There we go. Um, the other thing that sucks uh, is the treatment of Liverpool fans and the the joke of a security uh, system that was set up around the Champions League final. So, um, yeah. I, s- I still don't understand how they managed to only fuck up the Liverpool part. Like how did Real Madrid fans get in? Like, I just don't understand this. Like it's, it's bizarre to me. Is it bizarre or completely predictable? Probably both. 
Yeah. It's uh it's FIFA. Everything's predictable. Yeah. It's uh so then then we've got the weird, which is um well, first of all, Charlotte FC fired their head coach Miguel and Angel Ramirez, who is only one point out of the playoff spots, doing far better than I think any of us thought that they they would be doing. I was thinking one point total. Um so and, and then turns out for this is from John Hayes of the Athletic. It says what I've come to understand regarding Charlotte FC firing Miguel Angel Ramirez is that a DP reportedly their um, uh, Polish DP Swiderski refused to play for the club after the international break if he was still in charge. Um, so they apparently just had to do it. I don't. It's yeah. That's like that's like if Cabo would say. Yeah, if he's still in, you know, we we you know, I'm not playing anymore. And it's a real just, Sophie's choice there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's. Or, like, I mean, no, it's, it, I mean, Ray Ray Reynoso has to be pissed. He's like, wait, wait, wait. I don't have to have that like, was go an play for, I don't have to, to go play for a coach who has me set up in a system where I just get hacked to death trying to dribble through everybody every single minute of every single game. I can not refuse to play and get a different coach. I will. I will say. The, the team has never turned on Heath. And I've said that many times before, which I, I think is one thing. We can talk about that, though, in, in the next, in the Minnesota United no, segment. I just don't get how you, as a management, you let a player take your team hostage. Especially not that good of a player. Exactly. No. Like, I mean, if this was, I mean, <laughs> I mean, if it was like, you know, I don't know what, what, and even if, if Carlos, a much better if, DP. If Carlos Vela. Holds your right. team hostage. You're like, all right, okay, it's Carlos right, Vela. Right, right, yeah. right. It's Carlos Vela. Yeah. Right. You hold. But I mean, hostage. they're an expansion team. Look at Minnesota. We've done just fine with only one DP for the whole season. So I mean, yeah, you could lose them. It'd be fine. I mean, I just, I'm just really sad that the Estamos Jodido era was so briefly. Um, there was a brief era Rest in, in MLS history. Yep. Um, Let's uh, finish the the opening segment with uh, just a, a recap of Minnesota Aurora FC's first game ever uh, down at TCO Stadium. Had about, I think the attendance was 5,200 or something like that. Ended up a 1-1 draw with Shelby Hapeo getting the first goal of Aurora history. And then there was a late equalizer from Green Bay. Yeah, it was. I was stuck in the merch tent. For almost right. all of it, except for five minutes, uh, we are hiring a couple merch people. I think we got a few applications today, so I'm hoping to fill that out. I think Issa Woo-hoo! Watch is going to be hired to to be working in there too, so that way I, I can uh, actually catch. There were a Watch bunch again. of like things that we set up that I just didn't know how they went, you know. And so Stephen Goff announced the attendance for NWSL matches over the holiday weekend, which was uh, which put. Minnesota in fourth place behind the OL Reign and ahead of Houston. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm curious what you guys saw in, in this game or, or what your reactions were. Um, yeah, first off, the uh, the off the field non game stuff was awesome. Like it was a super well run. It was awesome to get in there. It's super easy to get in. Um, it, it's awesome that uh, Urban Growler basically sold out a beer by halftime. Oh, did they like, really? Yeah, like I got to have, I got like walked up there at halftime and literally they just had, um, oh God, what's their, um, just cowbell. Their cowbell, the cowbell. Yeah. They literally just like, that's all they had left and they just put all the cans on the table and you just walk up, you're like, 
I'll have a beer. Like, Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> they still had one when I got my five minutes away. I went over, bought one, and then like walked over to the supporter section and then walked back. I just had a, a beer's worth of a break. Yeah. So. Cobell's one of my favorite Urban Growler beers. So. Yeah, it was great. And then, I mean, Aunt Field, it was, it was a great... I, I enjoyed it a lot. Like it was, it reminded me of how much I miss like the NASL days of like just being like close and personal with the team and stuff. And I love that that's back and it's, it's so much fun, especially, and even more so that there's the, like the community investment in it. And the fact that like you had 5,000 people there out in Egan for an, a women's amateur soccer yeah. match is amazing. Like you couldn't ask for something better than that. I like, I was just blown away and, uh, my daughter Wilhelmina, who's five, had so much fun and was like loving. She really, really enjoyed uh, singing uh, Aurora Dentistry. It was a friend of ours uh, runs Aurora Dentistry, and the supporters group when they announced, like you know, thank you to, for our supporters, blah blah. They started doing. Uh, we're not going to take it, but instead they did it like they you know at Minnesota United matches, but they did it to uh, You've Got Gingivitis and. Well, I mean, it was singing that for the next two days. You've Just, got gingivitis. I, I think that was also You've because uh, Christelle Yewa, um, yep. the striker mm-hmm. who came in late. Oh, she's a dentist too, she's right? Dentist, yep. Yeah, she's in, it in was her so last good. year of dentistry school. And so like she, she looked, comes to training at like from like 6 to 8 a.m. and then goes and like pulls teeth <laughs> and cleans teeth. Yeah, she's, cleans she's teeth. great. She's awesome. Runs x-rays. No, she looked she looked great when she came in in the second mm-hmm. half of the last minute. I mean, she was holding up. She got a couple of chances. I thought, you know, you could tell Green Bay had been playing for for a while. They knew where the spaces were and what they needed to do. But I, I really liked the the back line of of, of the defense. Um, Sarah Fuller, I thought, did a good job um, of just delegating and spreading the ball around. I mean, I literally, I think, within the first minute or two, right? She had a save. Yeah. And then um, I really like the way that um, our center backs, the center backs were doing a good job. Um, Kelsey was good. I like Preston. I really was impressed with, uh, with uh, is it McKenzie? Um, oh, yeah, Langdon. Yeah. Yeah. Right back. She made some runs that I didn't know that a uh, right back that had been playing like literally almost 90 minutes could, could, could mm-hmm. make those runs. Um, I think... Just, you know, overall, uh, Bennett was, I don't know, it's just a train. Just watching someone dribble. That I just went out the way. I think the train. Yeah. Is it? Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's just, I just, I just get out the way. G and, um, and her friend in, in Nubia, I think, um, they love 17, which I believe was Turner, right? Mm-hmm. They were yeah. big fans of Turner. Yep. And yeah. I mean, I was a big fan of, 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 of Maya. I thought, when those three were switching positions and Maya started playing more central, there was more development of the midfield. But overall, I thought, you know, the pressing, they did a good job for what been practicing for what, three weeks? Two, two four weeks. weeks yeah. Right? Well, yeah, two weeks. Some of them came a little later in it. And uh yeah, I think I think you could see some nerves out there. You could see a little bit of lack of coordination. I don't think uh I, I don't think um Segment Cha got quite as running. You could see when when she was on the ball, her skill, but didn't quite connect yet with her with her teammates there. And I think that the more they play, the more you'll see that. And the, yeah, it's the frustrating Corners. part of like putting together a team with just a couple of weeks, and then you have a month, a little over a month to play together all together, and you just have to be able to gel quick. Yeah, her corners though were. Yeah, I, I love how 
put the backspin on the ball and it just floated right into the right space. Yeah. One of those balls are going to go in eventually. So yeah, my was fun. definitely was, fun. was the one who stood out to me. Um, just on the ball, she just absolutely destroyed. So it was a lot of fun um, rewatching on Friday because I didn't really get to watch the game. Um, but we, you can go back and rewatch these games on the WCCO app or on 11 uh, on that website. Um, and the 11 one also has an, an uh, Apple TV app, which I was very happy to find out. Oh, cool. And so, yeah, this Thursday, there's going to be an away game against Caw Valley, which is uh, you know basically outside of Kansas City. And then Sunday, there is a match against the St. Louis Lions. Um, we are still not super clear on what is going to be streamed live. Um, I'm going to be honest. I think that, that Blackheart is going to host like a low key watch party on Thursday in the back room. And I like, I will say this up front. We think it will work and it's mostly on call. It's all completely on these other teams ends. Um, and it's a little bit frustrating because, uh, we're doing a lot and, and like putting a lot of money into production work. And then these teams like aren't streaming theirs or with quality. We're pretty sure that St. Louis won't be live except Mark Pravatsky is going to be down there, and I think that he's going to live stream it from his phone, which um, I don't know if you guys have spent much time with Mark Pravatsky, who bartends at Blackheart, but and also does all the sequel time stuff. But he is really funny, and like his commentary is going to be weird. Um, so yeah, that's that's what I'll tell you about those. Um, but again, uh, there's still a lot of tickets. Obviously, like. We sold out that first game. We want to sell out every game. There's tickets for June 10th and I think the 12th, the next weekend. There's those two games. Go um, bring your grandma, bring your grandma's friends. And with that said, let's take a break. We'll come back with Minnesota United. Back on the 55-1 podcast. Let's uh, do some Minnesota United news. There's five players who were called up for national team duties. Dane St. Clair with Canada. He's got three matches, including a friendly against, I don't think it's against Iran anymore. I think it's against Panama. I think uh, Panama Did they was just that? subbed in. Yep. Okay. Uh, Michael Boxall, he's got a friendly against Peru on June 5th uh, because they're preparing for their World Cup qualifier against Costa Rica on June 14th. Robin Lud is up with Finland. Kevin Ariaga is with Honduras. And then our uh, MNUFC2 player, Molik Jesse Khan, um, is with uh, Trinidad and Tobago. It was called up. Um, Khan came in uh, in the one game, the last game I saw for them, uh, not, not this last one that was up in Blaine, but previously, and he, he's a great player because then you get to like raise your fist to the sky and just yell, Khan! Um, anyway, Minnesota United 2 play their next match, or they played, sorry, against the Colorado Rapids 2. They won 5-1. to one. They're undefeated in their last seven matches. And uh, so good for them. And um, let's see. Yeah, Nico Hansen got uh, a brace, so that's nice to see. Right after he played, um, how much did he play? He, he did play a little bit in the, the NYCFC game, so it's kind of good to see him just kind of get those minutes and get fit. Um, we've had, uh, we took last week off, obviously, to do that Aurora preview, and I was also just like way too busy to, to think about anything else. And, um, and so we've had 
a draw and a win since we last recorded, and then we had a loss and a loss. And um, I, I don't want to go into deep into any of these games, but the two recent losses are at least worth hitting a bit. The first is Minnesota versus Omaha. This was Open Cup. If we had won this game, we would go on to play Sporting Kansas City, who have been extremely bad this season, and then we're in a semifinal against, I think it would be the Galaxy. Um, and so that's that feels like it was a great path toward a trophy. And Adrian Heath decided to start Eric Dick in goal. And um, and uh, Kibanguchi as a center back. And what were the other changes? You know, I mean, he started both Unu and Amaria. Uh, so you got your dream come true there, Mark. And yeah. um, uh, this is Jacory Hayes instead of Will Trapp. Right. Because we, because when you and I were walking into the match, we saw Will Trap also walking into the match yeah, in his street give him, clothes. Give him a good nod. Um, and the the biggest thing is that there also wasn't a full bench. So at, at one point, we had made a couple substitutions. We we still had a sub we could make, and um, and it was Devin Pedelford, a, a fullback. Um, so I think I'm looking at this game and thinking you started a Eric Dick instead of Dane St. Clair, and. Um, uh, and instead of Fred Emmons, who has three, who has like three times more MNUFC minutes, two minutes yeah. this year than Dick does. Like I just don't understand that. To me, it's it's you know if you can't start one of your first two, or if you can't start your second string goalkeeper um, in Tyler Miller, then you start your your starter. It's not it, you. You have to take this game seriously. Um, I had seen Eric Dick only play in one reserve game, and I gotta say he was very bad. And then in this game, he was very bad. The first goal was was a shocker to let in. Um, second goal, I, I wouldn't put it as much on him as much the rest of the defense and the mid. They were, we were just totally out of shape. And then DJ Campbell, um, DJ Taylor, sorry, um, totally let um, let his man go. I don't know. Really frustrating Omaha game. Uh, it was just. There were only what a thousand people there, and just just to see us completely fall apart in essentially five minutes, and not not really have any offers for it because we couldn't bring in Reynoso, we couldn't bring in um, tons of these attacking players. Um, we did bring in Aziel Jackson, who I I didn't think added that much. Um, and Nico Hansen came in and, and really gave a go for it and tried, but man, what a frustrating game. Yeah, I mean. I think Lude was injured too, and then it's just—I don't know. I like, like, like. My thing is like, if you really want to make a run at a cup, or you want to make a run, and you need to make sure that you have all you all the available players that you can, you know, for that. And so, like, I was, I was surprised to see a sixteen deep roster, and I was like, that's not gonna cut it right as much as as much as you want to. And I don't know. It was it was frustrating though. Brito's goal was 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 a damn good goal, and so it was just one of those things where like you underestimate or you don't prepare or or you coast or you don't care. Either one of those, pick. And, and for me, the super frustrating part was the small roster, just because I understand not wanting to play, not wanting to play guys, and you know definitely not wanting to start. And like we scored, Minnesota scored in like the sixth minute. It had that continued. Had we like you know kept going with the pressure, had kept put some more goals in. Great. You don't need to use your guys, but there's no harm in making Reynoso put on a Jersey and be on the bench. Like 
I, I just don't get that part. Like, why not even just have him on the bench? Like, you don't need to play him. And if in the, you know you have in the last twenty minutes you have to, then you have to. Like, I the the risk reward on that is just so off. And you see what happens when you risk that much is that you fail. Yeah, especially because Reynoso is the one who was just the, had the magic extra bit for the Colorado Open Cup game that we very nearly lost. It's a, it's frustrating when you have a um, you know Andy Greeter did that spaces um, the week before or the week the week I don't know, he did right kind of, after right after yeah and was talking about um, the, he asked me about kind of the the smaller um, attendances and things like that and um, what really strikes me is the the opportunity missed is that. Um, yeah, man, post-COVID is tough for literally every team out there. It's tough to get the energy there, and and you can see it all over. Um, so it's you have to get what you can to get people engaged, and that is winning a trophy. I mean, having a real cup run, that was, that's been some of the most exciting things. When we um, came back against New Mexico, when we beat Portland in that um, Open Cup game, in that run to the final um, that was amazing. We we like flew down. Lots of people flew down to Atlanta for that. I, I mean, that's the kind of stuff that you dream of. Um, it was great for the Omaha fans. We hung out with them. Hung out with um, the president and GM at at the bar, and um, they were ecstatic. Um, the president did not. The owner, I mean, did not buy drinks uh, after the game uh, for for everyone, which was very big disappointing. If you're a rich person, you buy drinks for everyone. That's that's just how it goes. Um, anything else to say about the Open Cup loss? No. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about the other loss, which is NYCFC um, one nothing loss. I went into this game like fearing, like I told you guys, I was like, this has a real like we could lose four nothing vibe to it. Um, you know, we were um, missing Boxall, we were missing Ariaga, going up against the league champions after a loss where um, we'll get to Boxy's comments and stuff like that. Um, it just felt demoralized. Losing one, nothing didn't feel as terrible, um, but it was still I mean, if, a loss. I mean, if you, if you went to watch the game and then you see the results and you're like, yeah, that's not bad. I'll take that. But if you watch the game and you see the results, you 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 should you could come out frustrated from it. I mean, the first seven minutes we had two opportunities to literally just tap the ball in. Like Reynoso un un unchecked, unmarked, atop of the box should be a goal every time. Um I mean, I I was like first six minutes, I I think I tweeted out, I was like, I hope you don't regret these goals, like these opportunities. I mean then we ended up doing that because we created opportunities, but again, like we just kept seem to to find the back of the net. I think what frustrated me the most about this loss, and it wasn't it wasn't the play, it was that we held back guys on Wednesday so that we could get some points on Saturday. That was the whole rationale. And when we come away with zero points and uh, uh, and getting knocked out of the cup. That just hurts. It sucks. And like, that's where my biggest frustration is like, all right, if you're going to sacrifice the cup, 
you better damn well make sure that we win this fucking game. And when you don't and you come out the way you did, like we just ceded control to them. And like New York City, see, they don't, they, I mean, they'll take possession, but like we just like let them have it. Like I, I think it was Grady who said that like in the lead up to the, to uh, their only goal, they had four minutes straight of possession. Like it was just ridiculous. Just how they played, how they came out, just the game planning, especially in the first half was just terrible. And like, it's just so frustrating. Yeah, we we ended that game funnily with um, 1.66 xG to their 1.03. Um, a lot of that came from Lud's great chance, 0.47 chance um, toward the end. Um, but that was one of those games where it was like, again, we only decide to play in the last five minutes. It's like you guys know that you could have played with urgency before this. Um, I thought in. I don't know. There's there's a lot to say about this game. I, I thought at least like we, we put up a fight for parts of it. Um, so maybe it's not not the worst um, loss in the world, but it is coming just at a time where it just it, it was a bummer that you did finally have a full stadium. It looked full. The weather was good. The the also the atmosphere was really good. You had the the wonder wall felt full and people were excited and. Um, it definitely felt halfway through. I was thinking, "Oh man, you have to capitalize on this. You you really need to to grab attention." And and people stayed engaged pretty much throughout, right? Because it, it was at least still a fun game. But um, but it's kind of a again an opportunity missed um, where where you can just really build some momentum and and build some some positivity, which it, it just doesn't feel like. You know this game. It does. This doesn't help. A couple of losses in a row. Um, so that puts Minnesota um with one point two nine points per game. At this point, um, in the first seasons in twenty seventeen, they had one. Twenty eighteen, one point one four. In twenty nineteen, when we moved into Allianz, one point five. Twenty twenty, one point three six. 2021, 1.5. So this is the worst points per game we've had since we moved into Allianz. Um, and then I think one of the interesting things here was was Michael Boxall. This is after the Omaha loss. Said the freshest ones always hurt the most. There have been a, certainly a lot of low points. I think, but we have to give credit to Omaha. Blah blah blah. He said we had 16 man squad, probably half the players sitting in the stands who could have helped us. I mean, 30 to 40, 40 minutes isn't going to kill anyone for the weekend. Um, then you had Charlie Davies just going on an absolute firestorm on extra time radio, criticizing the club. Um, Hercules Gomez responding to a Mister Fangmeyer on Twitter, saying it's a terribly mismanaged team, has been for years. It's a um, it was a lot this week. I think Boxall's comments there. I mean, Charlie Davies has, has criticized the club and Heath. He doesn't like Heath. Um, but the Boxall's comments there, what do you guys make of those? I, I mean, it was interesting. It's like, there's two ways to look at it. Like, I don't know. And it's probably both. He, I think he was both uh, um, criticizing some of the players that, Maybe might maybe they had a choice to dress. Maybe they had a choice not to dress. Maybe he's criticizing them for that. And then he's also. I mean, it's tough to read that and not see him criticizing Adrian Heath, who's the one that put together the sixteen-man squad. Like he's the one that calls all the players. It's if he says, if you know, if he says to like uh, trap Lude and Reynoso, like, hey, 
be dressed. You know, I know you're not feeling well, but be dressed. You need, uh, and you might be need to come in if we need you. Like that's up to him. And he didn't do it. You know, like I, I, I had a, like after watching Charlie Davis talk about it, I, I, I think it's, it's a little bit of, of, of both. I think some players are coasting, to be honest with you. Like I feel like when as I watch this team, uh, there's players that care. Right. And I think Michael Boxel is one of them. And, uh, but I don't, I don't, I don't see him really calling out those players because he's he's the veteran, right? He's like the leader, right? He's one of the leaders in it. He can come up, as Charlie was saying, he can just pull someone aside during their locker room and just tell them, you know what? You need to do your part. You don't want to do your part. You know, there's the bench, right? Go 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 play with MN, MN UFC too. Go do something else. But you you cannot be part of of a of a team that doesn't have an identity that wants to continue to fight and play. And I think that's one of my frustrations is like we, we seem to be having uh, a, 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 some of that, but we also don't have the people who the ideas to, to put the right people in the right places right now. Uh, and everyone's figured out how to contain Reynoso in a sense. And when they do a really good job, he disappears and, and we can't seem to get any sort of offense out. So we need to be able to figure out what the other thing is. And in this game, you know, in the New York, New York, New York game, you saw that you know, Lou dropped for the midfield for I don't know, second time this season, maybe right. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually saw both of our DP forwards on a regular MLS field match for maybe the first time, right? No, I mean, no, no. Op- Open Cup, uh, Open Cup doesn't count as an MLS match, right? So okay. that means, but I think you know, this is the first time they actually got some decent time together. I just. For more than like five minutes. Yeah, more than five minutes because okay. you know, and I think I think overall it's just, it's it's a good conversation to have, and I I think they already had at least one meeting, meeting, probably going to have another one, but this international break really comes at a time when they need to hit that reset button at least in that locker room sense. Yeah, I think I think figuring out how to motivate these players and get them running, I, th- I think. Fragapane has not been good enough. Uh, I think Reynoso has been started the season so slow. He's got gotten back a little bit, but you can just see um, times where where he's not moving. I think Amaria, like man, in that um, in both those games, there were times where the ball kind of went to went to where he was going to be, and he just kind of shrugged and just like ran oh, away. And, there is there is one time during the. It was on the Wonderwall side during the Omaha match where I literally just started yelling, just run to a fucking post. Like just he just stands like yeah. in like at the top of the box. They're just standing there. There was another time when uh in the New York City game that I think Bongi didn't pass to where Ray wanted to be and the ball got got taken and Ray just like turned around and walked away. It just couldn't be bothered to to pick up the ball. I think right. players you you also have a fact where the the team right now is not the, the depth is not being used right or you know people have been kind of pointing out to me that Bongi has not looked good the last few games and I, I totally agree with them. I think that from the beginning I've said that Bongi is is a, a rough diamond that needs to needs to be polished and and a guy like that, you need to be able to kind of use sparingly, bring in and out and not like if we had Ethan Finley there, then you could like sub them in and out for each other. But because you don't have the strikers going, then you have Bongi be- being used all the time. And because Don Dunladi's been terrible, you don't have any like 
because no one is firing at all cylinders, then you right. have to use these players who like are not quite ready for it um, for for that for ninety minutes. So it's it's pretty frustrating right now having so many I mean, parts of this team not not playing well. Yeah, and I mean, and the players that are playing well, you know, like the Robin Lude, like uh, recently DJ Taylor and Dane. You know, Dane literally saved three goals. I think. At the at the last game, like that one v one, I was like, "That's going in," and then literally went off his neck, shoulder area, and I was like, "That's a that's incredible." I was like, "That should have gone in." And so, I I think there's a lot of that. I think, I think we 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 kind of in this podcast we kind of go back and forth as to what's Bongi's best use, right? And we've seen him play as a starter, and I think when he does that then you don't have or you're not using someone that can bring that kind of energy like an Ethan Finley when he comes off to replace that and do you have someone in uh, and in those loons probably right uh, you might just give somebody a chance to try and do that um, I mean no, I would but at the same time you just don't have the the thinking process of, of what where are you putting these players to be successful in a sense right when I'm when I'm a Maria first touch is horrible and he tries to do these quick passes or tries to do these fancy passes that are really aren't going anywhere. Um, Anu feels a little bit more stable in a sense, but he's still not creating you know, and still not getting the service that, that he's requiring to get. And so it's just, I don't know, you know, it's, it's, it's just very frustrating at this moment trying to, trying to be extremely positive. But those three players that I mentioned, at least in Boxy, are, are giving it what they can. So Let's, um, let's take a break. Just, just say this. We've got um, a long break this June from uh, Minnesota United Soccer. So June 11th is the uh, Paderborn game. And then June 19th is their first MLS game back. It's at New England, who are also struggling quite a bit. Um, struggling quite a bit more, I guess. And so, yeah, let's take a break. We'll come back. We got lots of questions. Back on the 55.1 podcast, there's a lot of questions. Uh, I called out to the ether for questions because uh, I, was, I was so afraid of the the negativity of this podcast. But I think we um think we uh, got through the 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 negativity okay from that last section. Um, Lu- Lucas Pipenhagen says, "What's everyone's summer transfer window priorities?" I don't even know at this point. Do you guys do you guys uh, actually have? We definitely need a um a like a Tam level right winger, like somebody like but they finally need to find a replacement for Ethan Finley. And that that'd be huge. And then also, I mean, it'd be great to start transitioning to a younger center back. I I want a, I want a either a, a a good uh left back or right back. I think we need if we're going to if 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 Heath is going to embrace the the fullback attack, then we need someone that can do that can be really really decent in that area. And I'm not saying DJ Taylor is not is not developing into that, but um, I think we need a little bit more than that. So, Corey Shreppel wants to know what color lightsabers Mark and Rodrigo have. Do what what color would you have? Sorry, I'm red. How about you? Oh, you're red, huh? I'm a. I'm going white. I'm a. There's only one uh, Jedi that has white, and that's Ahsoka. So I'm going all white. 
Okay. Um, Adrian Heath went to England to attend a personal matter. What's the fan fiction reason? Mine is that he had to go to accompany the um, the boat that is going to bring over his um, his wine collection, his his Pinot Grigio collection. Is he a Pinot Grigio guy? Yeah, I he's a he Pinot was... Grigio. Yep. Uh, I did not know. I thought he was like a Melbach. No, do you think when it gets really? No, for sure. Do you think when he gets really hot, like in the summers, he's like a white wine spritzer kind of guy? I, I think he he got called away. Here's my fan fiction. He got called away to be part of the Kingsman because he's secretly part of the Kingsman. So he has to go to that that shop where they make suits to get new suits tailored. So that way, when he comes back, he has a whole new set for the rest of the season. I thought you said no, no, Kingsman, no. and I was like, is that a different group? Yeah, isn't that, that there's a movie called Kingsman? Right? Kingsman. Yeah. No, I, I thought it was. Never mind. Um, Mark, you've got a. <laughs> You got a fan fiction? Um, yeah, it's basically that um, he's actually secretly going back over there to interview for the Norwich City position now that they've been relegated. All right. Uh, let's see. Um, our Danish comrade, Henrik Hugeluna, says, um, our favorite Nordic country and why isn't it Sweden? Uh, obviously, favorite Nord- Nordic country is the Faroe <laughs> Islands. Um <laughs> And uh, let's see. Does Iceland count? Um, it depends on how you're defining it. I remember telling a Finn and a Spaniard once, referring to it as, as um, Scandinavian in culture. Uh-huh. And they were like, it's not in Scandinavia. I was like, no, but it, but like, you know, and they're like, what are you, stupid? And I was like, no, I, kn-. anyway. So I don't, you said yes. I don't right? know. I'm stupid. So yeah. I don't want well, to I mean, feel stupid I, anymore. That would be my pick if it's available. Um, okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, Gordy Lewin says, which players from the second team do you think could improve the first team right away? I'm not sure there's any. I th- I think Wednesday was, uh, or against Omaha was a clear example that we, it's not there. Justin McMaster, if he was fit, I think could come in and, and like just do a little bit of chaos. Um, right. I was hoping that, you know, we did get to see Aziel Jackson a bit in that game and, I was really hoping he would show something, and he just kind of got pushed out of the game pretty quickly, which is kind of a bummer. Um, no, I, I don't think there's anything to save us there, Gordy. Um, I think there's a lot of fun players. It's fun to watch, but it's not not quite ready. It, that I should say though, Kibben Gucci was pretty decent in that game. I can't remember too many wrong feet that he put in. Um, maybe I just want him to be awesome. I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, I just I think I think Jackson should get much longer time with like a starting eleven in a sense, right? I think yeah. uh, with the first team, and I think that might might help it out with his confidence. But overall, besides him, I just I can't really see AZ anyone Jackson, else really. Who I am for real, never meant to make the keeper cry. He apologized a trillion times. Oh, see, I, I was trying to think of one wow, for uh, Johnny Cash's I'm going good. to Jackson. Mm. No, no, I like that one. Okay, thank you. I tried to get it up in the section, but I uh, didn't get any takers. Sioux Falls City FC says, are y'all making the trip to Sioux Falls on Friday to see our match against Mankato United? Um, I'm very, very into what Sioux Falls City are doing there in the WPSL. Um, I hope that they join the USLW League so that we can have a good, like, close rivalry. Um, but they are pretty cool people. 
And uh, no, I am not. Um, I think Joel is the name of their social media manager. I can barely travel for anything, and um, I'm going to take advantage yeah. of the fact that there's no Minnesota United game, and I'm going to uh, try to recover a little bit. Um, yeah, I'm. I, I coach, and so unless unless somehow there's an invitational Sioux City for U9, U10, then I can that can attend free of charge, and maybe then I could I could try to see if I can squeeze a team out of it. St. Paul Sioux says, how great is Minnesota United 2? How can we see more of their matches at Allianz? I think they're done at Allianz for the rest of the year. They're up in Blaine. Um, but Blaine is a fun place to watch some soccer. Um, they're really great. It's a lot of fun. I really, uh, I've said it much, many times on this podcast how much I enjoyed um, yeah. taking my, my son to those games this year. Can't, so. can't wait to Santi's out of school. So then that way we can go out there and, and teach him the heckle ways. Yep. He'd be good at it. He'd be a master. Um, let's see. Uh, Scott Demerville says, Rodrigo, can you keep us up to date with Sugar Rush donut developments? Sugar Rush used to be in the Midway, then they moved uh, up toward Roseville, I think, or or on the east side a little bit. But More north end. They're north off end. of um, uh, Front and Dale. So if you're familiar with mm. that area... Um, literally just in that cross section, front Dale, Como. Yeah, right in that here. in that intersection where I feel like I'm always going to T bone somebody. Yeah, exactly. Like a, that that like... is the intersection. <laughs> yeah, but you can <laughs> when, go get when a like, donut while you wait for the cops. Yeah, to show when, up. that's when true. Think, when when you think you're actually going to go straight, but you have to go right in order to go to Como, that's the that's the place. What I did find out because Sugar Rush moved there, and they have pretty much a, the rumor is, and according to social media, is that they finally were able to get the machines that they try to order during the pandemic because they were back order. And so oh. they finally able to fulfill the order because I've been driving through there. I drive through every, every day, literally. And, and sometimes I stop by just because I want to see what, if they're working on stuff. And, and the rumor is, is that. And so hopefully by August, we should, we should be able to have something popping. I do miss, I'm not going to lie. Like I loved going to Trung Nam and then after that, like going across the street to get a to get a dozen donuts from Jesus, Sugar Rush. So. How are you still alive? Um, I I bought the donuts for my coworkers and I didn't really eat them. So Nubia Sparza says, since Issa Watch is going to be a high school graduate officially on June seventh, she'll be available for podcasting in the evening since she doesn't have to get up early. When are y'all going to have her back on? Um, we're going to have to have her back on so we can ask her about going to prom with one guy and leaving prom dating another guy. <laughs> Ooh, that that is baller status. Lisa, <laughs> by the way, um, looked absolutely gorgeous uh, in in her outfit. So I hope she had a great. She obviously had a great time. So good for you, Isa. Isa, live that life. <laughs> She's gonna be so pissed off. I put that on the podcast. All right. Um, <laughs> Left sharks asks a question about the Obi Wan series. I do not give a shit about that. Um, Let's see. Andrew Nelson says, are you cheering for Union, um, Union Omaha to win the U.S. Open Cup now that they beat the Loons? Absolutely. Yes, I, man. Why would anyone cheer for anybody else? Even oh, if it's right. your own team. Union I mean, Omaha and then Sacramento Republic are still in it. They play the yep. Galaxy. And so, oh, yeah, I'm all about lower division stuff. I, I told yep. I told the, the Omaha people, I was like, oh, yeah, man, I'm not mad you guys won. I mean. No, and imagine I mean, how great a semifinal between Union Omaha and Republic would be like it'd be so great like to have that be the semifinal and then they go play you know someone from the West Coast. I I, I mean, in addition, who else 
that way you can say you lost to the champs, right? I mean, you'd be like, oh yeah, they beat us. We lost to the champs. If they I mean, last time we were in the cup, we lost to the champs. So might as well have it go all the way again. Uh, P.A. Loon says, if Heath out happens, which character from Stranger Things would you hire to replace him? Who would be a good manager? Oh, wow. Um, Jeez. Um, Who's the, who's the kid with the with the really curly hair? I forget his name. I'm, I haven't remembered. That kid. Brandon that kid. or something like yes. that. Dustin. Dustin? Win- Winona Ryder. Yeah. You'd hire Winona Ryder. Oh, man. Sure. She, she'd be a little too. I don't. Her post, uh, post-game press conferences would be something. I mean, I'm going to hire. Um, <laughs> I, I watched the first episode from the new series, new season. Um last night and uh and after this podcast if we finish in time i'm gonna watch another episode but there's um eddie is the uh the new like dungeon master who hasn't graduated from uh high school and because he's like he's like two years he keeps on flunking um i'd Wait, put him in charge He'd what about be, 11 uh, though 11 be great yeah you're right she yeah not so much this season i don't think she can manage much this season but um, that's a good. That's a good shout. Um, and then Charles F. Stewart says, "If he thought it happens, which character from Star Wars would you hire to replace him?" All right, Mark, you start this one. Not Yoda. Not Yoda. That's for sure. Because no. basically, it's like all the players are like, oh, "What do you want us to do?" Well, they're going out there and they're like, "Can you just give us any direction?" No, I would. Bad man I mean, manager Yoda, Yoda. I'd say Ahsoka. I think Ahsoka would be the best one to handle that situation. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, I'll finish on this. Do you, Rodrigo, do you want to say any Star Wars random thing? Um, no, I think, okay, I think that's you. fine. Jimmy, Jimmy Linetti says, um, opinion on the kits, Minnesota United FC war on Saturday. These are the, um, the parley kits. Um, uh, I kind of hate this every, every year. Um, maybe I'm a killjoy, but I just like, you can't tell which team they are. Like, right. teams should have colors. Like jerseys. Like the the arbitrary nature of that MLS has of like jerseys. They they they're and they don't do them for like cool fashion reasons either. It's just like you just want to do it. I don't think the kits look particularly sexy. I um. I mean, I, I like purple, but I I, I want to have like a prince kit. You know. Yeah. No. Like I I appreciate the idea of it. Um, but man, just from a fan standpoint of like trying to watch highlights of that weekend, I have no idea what team no. any of the, any team is on these highlights. Cause like, it's like, Oh, who's the purple team? Who's the white team? I don't know. Like, but they're all purple and white this weekend. And I have no idea who's doing what. So I literally just don't watch highlights. I was like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what happened with any other team besides Minnesota United. Cause I didn't bother to figure out what team was wearing purple. It really reinforces like the whole criticism that some people have of, of MLS is like, they're, right. they're all just like it's, little franchises from the league, so it's kind of a yeah. yeah. It's the one weekend where everyone is Orlando, so yeah, or or uh, the Galaxy, yeah. and they could have gone opposite. They could have done like a rainbow thing where every single team gets their own special like color, and like it's just all weird, and you just make it weird. But no, they, didn't but they make have to buy weird. in bulk because it, yeah. they, they get all their kits from um, from Adidas, Costco. So, um, <laughs> all right, let's, uh, let's call time on this guy. <laughs> and, um, I'm just trying to imagine going to Costco, I mean, having someone go to Costco. Oh, to buy kids. I, I, all I need is, um, I just need 
Forty. I, I need kits. a palette. I need a palette of this. No, it's no. it's kind of like how actually like it's super funny at my uh, son's daycare. Every single kid there has like the Costco mittens because they're actually very nice mittens, but they're only like five dollars, so you can get like a bunch right. of them because kids lose their mittens all the time. Mm-hmm. But literally, like you have no idea if, if like when there's one on the ground, whose it is because it could be anybody's, and they're all matching. It's just bizarre, and it kind of feels like that. Yeah. I mean, I'm just I'm just I'm just imagining like buying like a palette of kits. And then, like having the cashier ask us, do you want boxes for that? And then having them put it into like you know, orange boxes and fruit baskets and all these different type of things. I just that that'd be glorious. I want to see that. Okay, all right, we'll end it there. Thank you, everyone. Uh, we will talk to you soon. I don't know when we'll record again, some year, um, and uh, and we'll see you. We'll see you out at, at one of these games that we talked about. You're beautiful. You're sexy, and everyone loves you. 